Welcome to the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast brought to you by Torch Technologies. In this podcast, you will learn about all things Torch, from its history to its culture, employee ownership, commitment to the warfighter, our community involvement, and so much more. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and stay connected with Torch by following us on all your social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Today, I sit down to talk with Samantha Blumkin, an employee here at Torch Technologies. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your role here is at Torch? Hi, I'm Samantha Blumkin. I am a lead program control analyst, so I help take over all of and lead all of the program control analysts that support our ACE group. Okay. So I know prior to joining Torch in 2013, you actually worked for a company that was eventually bought out. What was that experience like being a part of a company that was getting bought out and kind of what prompted you to look at Torch and eventually get a job here in 2013? So the company that I was at previously, they were actually in the process of a buyout when I first started. So I was there for about five years before I came to Torch. And my boss at the time, Lisa Hayes, she knew and worked with Bill and John Watson in her previous career. So she left and came to Torch. Okay. And so I kind of had that connection. She said it was like coming home. <laughs> and I remember sitting there at the previous company. We had just went through huge layoffs. I was one employee before me from being laid off. Wow. So it was a matter. I even volunteered and I said, hey, I'll go work out on the arsenal for you. <laughs> and it kind of worked out to where hey, I'm not seeing a career path here at this place. I don't trust the leadership as much as I did before the buyout and before it was very profit-driven. Run the numbers seven different ways and <laughs> give me the right profit number. So that was not an enjoyable experience. And I remember coming to Torch. I interviewed, I think, with like 10 different people, it felt wow. like. <laughs> I interviewed Scott Parker at the time, Clay Hagan, Kenneth Lonas. And I think HR with Julia. So there was a whole room and I'm early in my career thinking, oh my gosh, I feel like the spotlight. I'm never going <laughs> to so get hired on. So overwhelmed. Like... But I remember as soon as I got hired, me and Lisa Hayes, we'd walk down the hall to Bill and say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. It's such a relief. It's such, wow. it was very family driven, it felt like. And Everybody was so welcoming yeah, I mean, when that, it came. It's so interesting that like your experience was almost night and day compared to what you experienced prior. I mean, that's exactly what Jim, we has, just had on the podcast. He talked about his experience coming here was just like, wow, like something like this exists. And it's way more than just a workplace. And he, he described it often as it wasn't a place that you just got a paycheck and went home and they had no, they didn't care about what your weekends looked like. They were really involved with you way beyond just your nine to five. Right. And I also... I remember the first three months I was here at Torch, I was like, wow, they really feed us a lot. <laughs> so I definitely don't miss a meal. And every meeting we went to, it just felt like, hey, let's sit down at the table. Let's gather. Let's have a meal together. And let's just have an open discussion. And that's truly how the Torch culture feels on a daily basis back then in 2013 yeah, and even today coming out of COVID and we're now 1,200 employees. Oof. And it just feels kind of like, hey, let's gather and let's have a lunch together. Yeah, I mean, the company's grown so much over those 10 years. I think your story is a little interesting too, is that you've had two different stints here at Torch. You ultimately would decide in 2020 to leave Torch. I think it was in February of 2020. What sort of prompted that decision? So that was more of a family-driven decision. There's a lot of conversations 
I had small children. What kind of lifestyle did our family want to look at? And I felt like I was a little impatient with my career path as well. I got presented an opportunity to go lead a full program control and completely rebuild a different company. And that's enticing. I yeah. mean, when you've been working hard for the last 10 years in your career and you get to go up to a next step, well, I guess I didn't fully understand where my career was going here at Torch in the moment. Yeah. I quickly got over there and I said, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> I made a really bad decision. I wow. was sitting over there basically just setting up charge numbers. And I'm like, I'm a senior program control analyst. This is not this is this not, is what, not <laughs> what I want to be doing. And the. I went to a public traded company. Wow. So that is completely different than the private sector of an employee-owned yeah. company. You were so just a number almost there. A number. I literally would walk down the halls and nobody talked to each other. <laughs> I was Ooh. like, okay. I told my husband, I said, I think I made a really bad decision. And I picked up the phone and I called Cindy Walls and I said, please, I need to come back. <laughs> and I think it was less than eight weeks I wow. came back. And honestly, I've been on maternity leave for 12 weeks, three maternity leaves, for 12 weeks. So I was gone longer on maternity leave than I was on this little stand. Wow. Did it remind you of what it was like prior to joining Torch in 2013, that company that you would spend eight weeks? They kind of give you almost like a, wow, like this is what it was like. And you just forgot to what Torch had created. You, you kind of forgot what it was like, how great it actually was at that time. You were just like, look at like what you were like, wow, I didn't realize that Torch did this and Torch did this. And like every place would probably do something like that. One thing people want to talk to me and like have a conversation with me beyond just work. And it wasn't like that at all. You know, anytime you go into an interview and you interview with somebody, you're selling the company. Mm -hmm. You're selling what the great aspects are of that position. Hey, I can make sure that you're not working overtime. Hey, I can give you this. And that's what they were offering in the interview. As soon as I got there, I realized that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. So it felt like a very heavy marketing kind of interview. And I lost sight of truly where I was at Torch mm -hmm. and lost sight of how good and how great the culture was. The culture at Torch is like clearly like nothing I've ever seen in a different company. Even the eight weeks that I was over there at the other company and then coming from a bought out company. Yeah, we have something super <laughs> special here. <laughs> so, I mean, after eight weeks away, you come back was it just like you'd never left? What was that experience like? I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, have to get filed and put away when, when you change a company and to come back so quickly. I mean, what was that like, that experience coming back? So it was actually really interesting because we were just in a spot where we, the whole country shut down. It was right in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So I came back. We're all working from home. It's also when we bid all four of the S3I contracts, the OASIS contracts. Wow. So I immediately got pulled back in and said, hey, you're going to pricing. I need help. <laughs> and he, so basically the time that I came back, it was 100% pricing and just knee deep and getting all four of those proposals out. And we didn't miss a beat. <laughs> wow. How has your sort of day-to-day -day changed, obviously, since 20, I guess it was March-ish of 2020 when you came back. So you were only gone for eight weeks-ish, March or April, you come back. How has your April of 2020, now looking at May of 2023, how does your day-to-day -day changed since then? So it took me a little bit to get back into that lead position, but everybody welcomed me back with open arms. 
And it's as if we never missed a beat. Wow. Our team is just as great as ever. We've grown since then. Yeah. So I didn't previously state this, but when I joined on at Torch, there was three of us in program control. And now there's 18 of us. Wow. So, I mean, just the thought of the growth that the company has been doing, but my team has grown as well. Yeah. And honestly, we have such a great team. We picked up and it was like I never left. That is a testament, just the culture that Bill and Don were able to put together. Like that's something that doesn't happen overnight. I recently watched a show or heard a quote and it was like, it's an overnight success story, 20 years in the making. It seems to everyone like, oh, like Torch is just such an overnight success. But it's like, it's been 20 years of them building this incredible culture and company that to the outside world is just a blink of a switch. I can tell you it doesn't feel like I've been here 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) That is, it's just incredible. It really is. A big part of Torch's culture and just the company itself is their ESOP. Can you talk a little bit about what your knowledge was about an ESOP in 2010 when you joined? And kind of what did you know and what didn't you know about it? So when I first joined in 2013, I didn't know what an ESOP was. I barely knew what a 401k was. Like (laughs) I started my career at 18, my first semester in college. So I was just fresh out of grad school. I hadn't been married. I didn't have any kids. I was just living the dream of in my (laughs) early 20s. I didn't know what retirement meant. Yeah. I also had some great mentors that kind of tried to explain it and said, hey, this is your retirement. This is free money. Wow. <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean this is free money? Yeah. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm not thinking I, about retirement. Right. I'm like, I'm putting the bare minimum in the 401k just to keep it going and pay the <laughs> bills. In that moment when I started, I didn't know the true value of it. I just knew, hey, this is a retirement account. It, it's money. I don't see it. Yeah. Now, looking at my ESOP statement, it's life-changing. Yeah. And I know you got the, what do they call it, the accounting rule where your money compound mm-hmm. interest. I have now, I have this massive spreadsheet <laughs> and, and I'm also married to an engineer. So, of course, I have a massive spreadsheet. 100%. But just to see where I'm going to be in the next five years, that's life-changing money for my family. Yeah. Me and my husband, we've talked about retiring at 57. I can see that happening. I can easily see that happening. Now, can I slow down enough to retire at 57? Probably not. But we now have the option to be able to do that if we so desire. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I would have stayed with the company that I left for back in 2020, there's no way. I can't physically see what that would have looked like. And I don't think I could have had that retirement or that kind of financial gain that I do now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny how the conversations we've had with Adam and Clayton and Jim, like there's so many of the things that are just all connected. I mean, Jim mentioned a lot of the things you're mentioning, which is just super interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. But I think what's interesting is too, is that there's so much of this underlying thread between everything that the way Torch approaches business, the way Torch approaches their employees, it's not looking at what the next quarter is going to do or the next year is going to do. It's looking for the next 10 years, looking for the next 20 years, which I think is one of those things that's, it's hard to realize when you first come in that this ESOP thing is going to be amazing when you retire. It's like, I'm 22 years old. I'm wanting the money now. I want the money now and I want to be able to experience things now. It's like, well, what if you could retire at 57 and experience you know, retirement? You have 20 years of retirement and you can experience all the fun things too then. How would you convey in one to two sentences this value of the ESOP to maybe someone that's just started their career here at Torch or maybe someone that's listening that maybe wants to apply to a job here at Torch? So I think the ESOP comes as a value to anybody in the company. As you're starting out at Torch, 
I think it's hard in your 20s to look at total compensation and look and say, okay, here's what my total value is. Here's what my total worth is going to be. So I can't, what I would encourage somebody to do is sit down and have those conversations, ask those questions. What does ESOP mean? What would this look like for me in five years? Me and my team, the others on my team, we've talked about putting together a spreadsheet and presenting it to our employees so that they can put in their amounts. Hey, here's my salary. Here's what's being contributed. And they can physically see and visualize okay, the next five years, this wow. is what that's going to look like. Because in your 20s and when you're first starting out, you only want to see what the next five no. years is. I mean, that's the question they ask you in the interview. <laughs> that's just what's heavy on your mind. Hey, if I could just make it to the next three years, if I can just make it to the next yeah. five years. And then, of course, you know, they're eager to want to move to the next thing because it's been five years. 100%. Well, once you get to that five-year point at Torch, You've seen that tiny little bit, that first year of money has already grown significantly. (laughs) And I think the hard part for me, and I think if I would have seen it before I made the decision to leave back in 2020, if I could have physically seen that spreadsheet and physically seen those numbers and visualized it, I would have never left. Yeah, I think that visual representation of the ESOP, because it's it's one of those things that, you know, we throw around the term so much on the podcast torch those that are around on, so on Instagram, on social media. There's so much ESOP, ESOP, ESOP. But for the employees that are actually in it and experiencing it day to day and seeing that value of it, the work that they put in on a daily basis has a direct correlation and they're actually physically able to see, hey, here's what the next five years looks like. Hey, here's what the next 10 years looks like. Hey, if you worked here for 30 years, here's what it could be. Yes. And I think what's interesting too is, I mean, people that listen or even people that maybe are starting their career here in their early 20s, it's like, well, obviously, Torch is going to be this incredible thing. Like, of course, when you started in 2002, it was going to be amazing. Like, look, you started so early, but it has that same chance. And it could easily be as successful as it's been over the last 20 years for the next 20 years. There's really no stopping it. Well, and I think it's us as the leaders inside the company to continue to communicate that and continue to give our employees the culture and the experience that we have had for the last 10, 20 years at the start of the company. Yeah. So I think the main concept is to get engaged. Be engaged with your leaders, be engaged with your coworkers, and be engaged with what the company is doing. Not only will it benefit you, but the teamwork and the culture that Torch has always cultivated is something satisfying that you could pass on to the new future of Torch. So I got to experience the teamwork and the culture and the engagement, and now I get to pass that on to the new employees. And that's something so special and something that Torch fosters in their leadership that I'm excited to be a part of. Yeah. I think a big part of the culture and like just the, the company itself is their ability to give back to the local community. I think that's a lot of what, I mean, we, people we've had on with Adam and Clayton and Jim talk about, like that's what a lot of the people in their 20s that are joining Torch love that they give back to the community. And a big part of that is Torch Helps. Can you talk a little bit about what Torch Helps is and what it's like to be a part of a company like Torch that gives back so much to the local community? So Torch Helps is a nonprofit that was started, and it is 100% funded by Torch employees. 
And Torch's Torch Help's mission is to help the community of where our employees reside and help them to food, clothes, shelter, and help them in need. Mm -hmm. So Torch Helps is able to give $10,000 grants every quarter. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Over the last few years, we kind of hit a milestone where we were able to give back to the community well over a million dollars. Wow. And so it continues to grow and grow. And this year with the 20-year anniversary, Mm -hmm. we've been able to give four additional $20,000 $20,000 grants. Wow. So we have some charities that have been part of Torch Helps for a very long time. And so we wanted to try to give back to them for partnering with us. And so we were able to do a special grant out for them. And they applied. It goes through an employee voting process mm-hmm. that says, okay, so our employees are voting and they're saying and dictating where that funding is going inside the communities. And we're also being able to finally reach out to Shalimar and to the Colorado Springs area. So where our employees are in those locations, we're also helping those communities as well, not just Huntsville anymore. And so that's so exciting to see that expand out. I think what's cool is Jim talked about it and Adam talked about it. Like they were out in public and they were wearing their torch shirt and people would come up to them and it's like, oh, thank you so much for what you've done for whatever or whatever that might be. I think Adam said it happened pretty early in his career. And he was like, like who like me like i helped and it's like oh wait no, like the torch like you work for torch don't you and he's like yeah it's like, it like it was such a cool moment and i like that is something that's going to continue to grow the impact you're going to have in huntsville torches are having in huntsville and it will have in so many different cities across the country how much of your success here at torch would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time how much would you contribute to your hard work i feel like opportunity right time has always kind of been there mm-hmm. but i want to say it's not just my hard work for my position at Torch. I think it's the teamwork of my team. Yes, I am a lead program control analyst, but it's my team that does the work. Yeah. So if I didn't have such a great team, I don't think I'd be in the position that I am. If it wasn't for the leadership at Torch, fostering and really investing in the education and leadership, training, all of the above, if they weren't so invested in all of that, there's no way I'd be where I am today. So I can say it's my hard work, but I can also say it's just my leadership recognizing, hey, this is where I need you to be. And this is the leadership position I want you in to help continue to grow our team and grow our company. Yeah. I mean, I think Jim mentioned the idea that leaders are making can make more leaders. And I think you now realizing that you can be able to give back to these people that are, you know, 10 years, 20 years or like just beginning their career here at Torch. You can be able to give back to them and show them just the value of what Torch is, the culture that they have. Because like if you were in their shoes now, you wish you knew, knew this too. And I think that's an incredible thing. Um, Bill normally ends our episodes by challenging the employees of Torch that it is up to them to keep our dream alive. What does that statement mean to you? So that statement probably means to me is just continuing to be engaged. I challenge everybody at Torch, not just the ones that are coming into the company, but also the leaders and the veterans of Torch. I challenge them to be heavily engaged every day whether it's with the new employees, with our interns, with the organizations like Torch Helps, just be engaged and be present. Yeah, I think that's a great, great way to end this episode. Thank you so much for taking sitting down and taking the time to sit down and talking with me today. I love learning more about your story, your experiences here at Torch, and I continue to look forward to the success of your career will be here at Torch for years to come. Uh, if anyone's listening and wants to find out more about Torch or see any of the job openings that we have here, 
you can visit our website, torchtechnologies.com today. Thanks again for being here. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Keeping the Dream Alive podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen and stay connected with us on social media for news and updates surrounding the company. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. 